Hello and welcome to Run With Horses Daily. This is an offshoot of the Run With Horses podcast, which you can find at runwithhorses.net or just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts. What I'm doing today is looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6, with its verses 11 and part of 12. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, Fight the good fight of faith. And I'll stop there. I was kind of reading through First Timothy, and I always love First Timothy because Paul has such awesome advice for Timothy in both First and Second Timothy and Titus, all of Paul's letters, really. But he's really helping Timothy prepare for ministry, for life on the battlefield as a Christian, and. There's a couple of key words here for believers, and the two that I think really are key to a, a strong spiritual life are that flee and pursue. You know, how you live this out is revealed by your choices, your personal boundaries. I mean, the spiritual life should be intentional, and it's worth effort. And I think you get that from this this verse and many of the things that Paul tells to Timothy, but he's he gives a lot of warnings of things that we should flee from. You know, earlier it talked about the the love of money. He often talks about pride and things like that. We're to flee all the things that are temptations that will lead us away from God or that will distract us from Him. And that takes a conscious effort and some intentionality on our part. You choose what you run from. You choose where you set your boundaries. And I know some people, they often seem to argue about, well, this is this exact way that I'm doing this is not sin, but it's, they acknowledge it's close to the boundary, but, but this is not sin. And that's a far cry from fleeing from that. It's, Sounds often like it's seeing how close you can get without actually sinning, and I don't think that's a good way to do it. Um, we really should flee those things, set set our boundaries where, you know, ideally you don't face those some of those temptations because you have your backs turned and you're running the other way. If you're doing that second one, pursuing righteousness, guidance, faith, love, patience, gentleness, you can't pursue those things and be pursuing the things of the world. I think that's how these two fit together. If you're fleeing from evil, from sin, from the distractions, and you're pursuing God, then you're not questioning a lot of how close can I get, or, well, that was not actually sin, but you're not having that conversation because you're pursuing. Fleeing and pursuing are very active action verbs. They're not passive. They're not standing around waiting on sin to attack you. They are actively going in a direction, and that direction is toward Jesus. So we are to flee pride and uh, greed and all the things that lead us away from God. We're to pursue righteousness, pursue the things that, that God has said that He loves, that are good, pursue godliness, pursue the holiness that God has. And no, we, that's not something we can attain in our own strength, but I think God honors our pursuit 
when he tells us, put our energy in this. And I think he honors that. And I think we, we often are allowed to reap some of the rewards and benefits of aligning ourselves with what God is doing because he tells us that he is doing that great work of sanctification, of making us like Jesus. It's where we get this idea of Christ's likeness. We're going to be like him one day where we have the opportunity to intentionally join with God now to join him in this work. He invites us to pursue the things that he's doing in our life. And they both affect our relationship with him and they affect our relationship with others around us. You know, if we're pursuing the good things of God, righteous, godliness, faith, love, and those things are spilling over into our other relationships, that patience and gentleness, those last two, we really see those at work in the relationships we have in our family with our coworkers, with our church members, our church family. You know, it's the pursuit of God, the pursuit of Christ-likeness in our life works out in all of our relationships. So as he's challenging Timothy, uh, he's tell, he goes and tells in verse 12, you know, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. You know, our, we understand if you have Christ as your Savior, you will one day stand with him in eternity. This is, this is your calling. This is what God's doing in your life. He will do that. But we live in the here and now, in the temporal. We have a, a fight between the flesh and the spirit. And there's an opportunity for us to do well in that fight. And we're allowed to struggle in that fight. I think often our faith is challenged uh, and tested, but it's not for, for us to, well, it's not for God to, to understand where we are. It is for us to see where we need to trust him more, where we need to pursue him more. And I, I like, you know, this first start, he says, but you, O man of God, he's recognizing that Timothy has been called, Timothy has been saved, and Timothy is God's man. And even though that's true, he still is encouraged, challenged to flee from sin and the distractions that Satan puts in front of him and pursue righteous, godless faith, love. Even though he understands God is going to complete that work in Timothy's life, Timothy is in God's hands. Timothy still has a part to play, and it's in this balance, this tension between God's part and our part, where we often we often let our part fall. <laughs> we trust that God's going to do his part, and then we get wrapped up in the day-to-day -day and forget that God has a part for us to intentionally play. So it's a challenge for me. You know, I understand that I struggle daily to keep my attention in the right place, to put my energies in the right place, and to give God um, more of my life. Not more of it, all of it. <laughs> it's a struggle because we often, I often see it as, as my life and my choices, but really he's purchased my life and it's his choice and how to use it. And I should be seeking, how does he desire to use my life? You know, I have the rewards of eternity and in this life, I want to be a fitting vessel for the work that he is doing. I want to be an intentional part of that ministry of reconciliation that 
Jesus is carrying out in the world through his church. Hopefully that is your desire as well. Let this be an encouragement to you and a challenge to you as it is to me. Have a great one.